Hello, I'm Marvin Fant, and this is Fantline, where we're not afraid to speak truth, and it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, because right always trumps over wrong. Enough said. lesson I have for you, and first of all, I'm Mr. like I said, I'm Mr. Marvin Fant, and this is Fantline Ministries. And today's lesson or message is, who's the leader of your home? Who is the leader of your home? You know, there is a, a lot of combativeness going on today, and you especially see it in social media. Men versus women women versus men. And this is what the enemy likes to see. And, and when I refer to the enemy, I'm talking about Satan. Satan wants to see this divisiveness going on between men and women, especially uh, husbands and wives, the home, the family. This really gets him going because Marriage is the foundation of our being, so to speak. Marriage is the foundation, it's the start of, of um, people in general, people who, when, when there is the family, when, when there is the construct of a family, society benefits most from it. Society. Uh, I, I take I take that back. Society not just benefits most, but 100% benefits from the proper structure of family. Wives, and this is a, a starting statistic. Wives file for divorce the most, 66% on average. in situations where there is a, um, a man in the house, so to speak. But also, going by a study and survey, most of these homes, the majority of these homes are led by the wife, the female, the woman. Again, this is what Satan likes to see. Now, let me give you the start of this, the Genesis, so to speak. All right? Now, if you got your Bibles, let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. And before I get into that, I just want to um, let you know of my new book, Renew Your Mind, by me, Marvin Fant. Now, you can get it at Go to Amazon.com, go into the, to the search, search bar, and you'll see where it says books. You hit books, put in my name, Marvin Fan, and my books will come up. Now that I did that little ad for you. All right, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. And we'll be reading from verse 1 through 7. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, you may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden or in the middle, God has said, you shall eat. You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God 
does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. In verse 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband, with her. She gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, I remember, you know, some years ago, I used to always think when I read this that he wasn't present. Now, this is just an automatic thought in my head that he wasn't there to, to, to take care of this situation, to snuff this out, to nip this in the bud. But then when you realize and you stop and think and you what you're reading, and it says she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. He was there. He was with her. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, thus for sin entered in. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now, again, up until that point, everything was all pleasant, good, and everything, and they were both naked. But see, when sin came in, then, then that shame entered also. But getting back to the point I'm making here is that he was there. And Instead of confronting Satan and telling Satan, you, um, this is not your place. And first of all, you come to me as the head of the house. But what does Satan do? Satan went directly to Eve. Why? Because that meant it was, there was a displacement. And sure, sure enough, he basically called Adam's bluff in the sense of, I'm going to go to the wife. I'm going to go to the female. And I'm going to see if you're going to intervene. I'm going to see if you're going to step up and assert yourself like a lot of men these days are not doing. Step up and be the head of the family as the way God intended. Step up and assert yourself. But see, this is what Satan looks for. This is what Satan wants. And especially in Christian households, we're not stepping up. God made the husband a leader of the family. He gave men this position and expects them to carry through, expects them to have that responsibility Take on that burden. But instead, we acquiesce to the female. We acquiesce to the wives. We don't take responsibility in these situations. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Let's talk a little more about this. First Peter. First Peter, chapter three, verse seven. And it says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto your wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So what is that saying? It's saying that, just like it says, whereas if you do opposite of this, if you do the opposite of this, more or less taking, taking your responsibilities and giving honor to your wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together in the grace of life, 
that your prayers be not hindered. So not only are we to um, take responsibility, take the role of being a husband, being a leader, being a man of the hospital, and also in lieu of that, to give honor and acknowledgement to the wife as the weaker vessel. And I know, especially to, um, today's modern woman, you take great offense to that, but no, don't take, don't take offense to that, that term. Don't, do not take offense to that. That is an honor bestowed upon you from God himself. So please don't take offense to that. And allow that husband, that, that man, that leader to, to give honor to, to you in that manner. Because as the word says, if you do opposite of that, if you don't do that, being a man, then your prayers will be hindered. Your prayers will not be um, answered. So we have to do things in according to what God says. And a lot of that these days is being missed. That mark is being missed. Now, I got another one for you here. First Timothy, let's go to First Timothy. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight. Okay. Now it says, but if any provide not for his own, if any provide not for his own, this is talking about, this is talking about men, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. I'll read that again, just, just in case you didn't get that. If any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worth, worse than an infidel. So, some of you, some of you may say, "Okay, what's an infidel?" Now, I'm sure you've heard of it before, but I'll give you the the, um, the definition of that. An infidel is a heathen, someone who is untrustworthy, and an unbeliever, or someone who is faithless. That is an infidel. That is an infidel. Now, getting back to um, Adam and Eve, when a man gives way to the wife, he emboldens her to, to lead, which is wrong because she is to be of help, right? But again, in this society, we, we have too many men giving in to the wife, and the only the, the reason I, I aside from Satan, um, kind of like trying to initiate things, trying to agitate things, I think that most men in this society give way because they don't want to have that confrontation with the wife because a lot of today's modern women want to push the envelope. And a lot of these men don't want, don't want to, because they're the because I guess because of the way they were raised or whatever, they don't want to give that pushback. They they'll more or less say, okay, whatever, whatever, you 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 go ahead and you know take the reins. But this isn't what God wants. He wants us men to step up and lead, lead the family, lead the home. 
when when again with with Adam and Eve, when Adam didn't confront Satan, it put things out of whack. It put things out of balance because he was expected to leave, not Eve. Adam was expected to leave. Let me give you an, um, an example. This is uh, about Deborah and Barak. This is in the Bible. In Judges chapter 4, verse 6, four, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Now, this is Deborah speaking to Barak. She sent and called for the Barak, the son of Abinam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor? Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali, and of the sons of Zebulun, and against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river of Kishon, and I will deliver him into your hand. Now, let's note some of the, of the key phrases in these verses. The statement, has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, should not be understood as Deborah giving orders to Barak. As a prophetess, Deborah received a word from God and passed it along to Barak, confirming what he already should have known, that God had commanded him to lead the army. The directive, go and deploy troops, is particularly significant because Deborah was judge at the time. She was in the position typically occupied by Israel's commander, but rather than summon and command troops herself, she let Barak know that God had called him to leave. Okay? Barak was supposed to leave. And the phrase, against you, I will deploy Sisera, clarifies God's plan for Sisera to attack Barak, not Deborah. I will deliver him from into your hand, indicates God, indicate, indicates God wanted Barak and not Deborah to receive the victory over Sisera. These are confirmations that even while serving as judge, Deborah affirmed the righteousness of male leadership when it comes to leading God's people, not only looking to Barak to lead, but letting him know that this was what God wanted. And sadly, Barak did not step up and assume the role God wanted him to fulfill. Instead, Barak told Deborah, if you will go with me, then I will go. Now think about that. He says, if you will go with me, then I'll go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And this is in Judges 4 and 8. See, we recognize here that something isn't right about, about a man telling a woman, I won't go into battle unless you go with me. Think about that. He's saying, I won't go into battle unless you go with me. How does that sound? I know we, we live in this modern day where, you know, women can do it all, blah, blah, blah. Not demeaning that. But come on, think about it. And we got men like that today. I won't go into battle unless, unless she's with me. And please don't try to flip this around. Please don't try to flip this around. But let's get to the gist of this, all right? And I'm gonna be just straight up with you. This this sounds rather punkish. It really does. Not what well, not sounds, it is. It's punkish. So, not surprisingly, Deborah rebuked Barack's reluctance. She said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are about you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman in Judges 4 and 9, and Deborah's prophecy came true. God routed Sisera's army before Barak, but it was a woman, Jael, who ended up defeating the enemy commander in Judges chapter 4, verses 17 through 22. See, Barak should not have insisted Deborah 
accompanying him into battle. Instead, he should have taken leadership of the army himself. This entire account is not advocating for female leadership. Instead, it is presented as a criticism of Barak. The book of Judges records some of Israel's worst days and the absence of male leadership is a strong reflection of the time, just like today. There's an absence of male leadership going on. And one of the most common mistakes people make when they approach scripture is to take a descriptive message, excuse me, passage, or one that merely describes and turn it into a prescriptive passage or one that prescribes. In other words, they treat a descriptive historical account as though it is a prescriptive instruction that should be followed. And this is the danger of citing Deborah's judge, judgeship as evidence for female leadership over God's people. Her example actually serves as a rebuke to the nation of Israel regarding the absence of male leadership. All right? Now, what I want to do here is go to some more scripture. Let's go to excuse me, Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. And it says, the aged woman likewise and older women, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. You see, we're talking about male and female, husbands and wives. Well, one of the foundations also is for the older women to teach the younger women how to be toward their husbands, all right? And obviously, we're not getting a lot of that these days, are we? I mean, it's pretty evident. The things we, we see on social media, um, even some of you may <laughs> be part of that. I, I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. The things that we see on social media is pretty obvious that, or pretty evident that there's not a lot of teaching going on. Not a lot, not a lot of teaching. It's pretty much young girls, babies, really, babies that teaching each other instead of proper teaching from the older women. All right, let's go to the next one, First Timothy. First Timothy chapter three, verses one through seven. All right. Now this is about the makings of a good husband. This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desire a good work. Now I'm gonna preface this because some of you may say, well, this is talking about if a man wants to become a bishop, but in lieu of that, in order to be a bishop, you still have to be a man of your own home. Here's what I mean. In verse two, it says, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, diligent, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, meaning being a, in a, an abuser physically, not greedy of filthy um, 
Lucre, L-U-C-R-E. And what does that mean? It means um, it means to um, to be sorted, given to greediness, is what that means. But be patient, not a brawler, not covetous. Okay. Um, one that rules well within his own home, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own home, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the combination of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So in other words, constantly, and I'll, and I'll add this <clears throat> to get a better clarification, but constantly working on yourself as a man, as an adult, doing the right things, doing what is in God's will, taking care of your family, taking care of your wife, being kind, being loving. And lastly, I end with this. Ephesians chapter five, let's go there. I'm wrapping this up here, Ephesians chapter five. Chapter 5, verses 21 through 33. Now check this out. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. <clears throat> Did you hear what I just said? See, a lot of people, and I preface again, today's modern women have a problem with that word submitting or submit. But right here off the bat, it says, and a lot of people skip this part. It's like it gets overshadowed because when they get to the woman part, you know, all things get out of whack. But it says, submitting yourselves one to another. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I'll say again, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Verse 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. <clears throat> For the husband is the head of the wife. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ <clears throat> is the head of the church. Even as Christ is the head of the church even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And this is where a lot of people have problems, okay? Now, again, I preface this by saying, it would behoove you to hear about um, I lost my train of thought right there. It, it gets that way. I'm getting older. Okay, so bear with me. <laughs> but um, I, okay. <clears throat> Therefore, I, I'll read this again. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Okay? But today's world wants to flip that around, <clears throat> especially today's modern women. They want everything their way. And, and again, don't take it as <clears throat> that the men are, are not, you know, don't have any blame in this, okay? Now, because I just pointed out whereas 
a lot of men give way to their wives in these situations instead of taking control, taking charge. And I know a lot of men, we don't want to hear the, 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 the constant chatter from your wife. But either you got the man up, you got the man up and say, look, enough is enough. This is how it's going to be in the name of Jesus. See, being led by Jesus. Okay. Now, when you are in conjunction with Jesus and doing and doing what is right, I know we 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 are we all have our faults, okay? We are not perfect. We are not perfect in any regard. But when we line up with the word of God and constantly try to improve ourselves <clears throat> and being in line with the word, think about it. She should not have anything to say. But then, but then again, you're going to get this, this, this feedback, this chatter. You stand your ground as a man. You stand your ground as a leader. <clears throat> Look at it this way. We have countries and we have nations. Your home is a nation. You are the leader of that nation, your home. You guard it well. You lead it well. Your wife is like, like we have today, the vice president. <clears throat> now, problems may arise, problems may come up. Now, as a man, as a leader of that home, no, no problem in trying to, excuse me, had to burp right then, I'm sorry. <clears throat> But as a man, <clears throat> because it, it may be some situations where she may be more um, knowledgeable in a certain area, okay? So it's no problem in saying, you know, honey, um, what do you think on this matter? What do you think on this issue? Because you, know, you, are more, you have more, more, some more knowledge in it than I do. And then she gives her input and say, you agree with that input? Okay, fine, you, you move forward, all right? You move forward. That doesn't take away from you because in that situation, she is as appointed to be the help me for you, okay? But I know in a lot of situations, <clears throat> um, there can be there can be issues, touchy issues that the, the women will want to take charge on. Again, women, you need to know when to back off. If you and see, here's the thing. We need to listen more instead of talking so much. Men and women, because I've seen these, these arguments and debates, everybody wants to talk over one another. Listen first, listen, take in what's being said. And then if you don't agree, then come out with a rebuttal, all right? That's how things are supposed to be. But yet too much these days where we're trying to talk over one another and then we get nowhere, especially as a couple, especially as a married couple, we get nowhere, okay? But um, <clears throat> let me continue reading here. Let's see, where was I? Uh, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their own wives as their own bodies. 
that he loved his wife, that he loved his wife, loved himself. For no man ever hate, yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord, the church. So, and, and to the men, if you have that wife who still doesn't want to give in, who still doesn't want to follow the paths that God has showed, that doesn't mean you get discouraged and go out and find refuge with another woman because that woman is tickling your ear and putting kind words on you, kind words that you want to hear that you're not apparently not hearing from your wife. And then you go out and you do things or say things that you shouldn't. You stick to God in the manner. You stick to God even more so when you're going through the ups and downs of life. That is a test that, that comes at you. And it comes at all of us, no matter who it is. Okay? No matter who it is. So pastors, ministers, whoever, don't be so quick to put them on a high pedestal. Okay? All right? Because we all go through. It's how we react in the going through. And all marriages, all relationships have these valleys, these peaks and valleys. It's according to the strength within you that you've garnered up over the years of how you make it through. So don't go out drinking, don't go out reveling, don't go out um, amassing your feelings and the 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 the, the, the fine curvy body that you see. <laughs> and, and if you think that, well, if, you know, she's not doing it for me, even though I've been with her all these years and so forth, things haven't changed. And you think that you find, again, refuge in someone else. Um, Nah, <laughs> there's still going to be issues, all right? There's still going to be issues. So you might as well um, not try to look up elsewhere thinking the grass is going to be greener on the other side. It may be for a period of time, but eventually winter comes and that grass dies out. And then you need a refreshing. What you gonna do then? What you gonna do then? So that's why, and I always say it's very important before you get married and you're thinking about getting married, evaluate each other. Don't just hop in the bed first because way too many people are doing that these days. You hop in the bed first. And when you do that, there's already that, that spiritual connection. You do you realize you have a there's a spiritual connection with everybody you've gotten in bed with. A part of that that their spirit is indwelled in you, and you probably don't even hardly know that person at all that you have slept with. So it's very important to get to know the person. I'm talking, I'm already married. Some of you all may, may already be married, but I'm talking about situations where even if you were thinking about divorce or those who are not married and say, I'm talking about those who you had say just gotten a divorce, that marriage is a sacred thing to be taken very, very seriously. It's not a toy, it's not, it's not a plaything that God um, put out there. Stop listening to man's viewpoints on it 
because it's a bunch of junk. Stop listening to man's viewpoints. Man's viewpoints on marriage is taking you down the wrong path. You listen to God's viewpoints because he is the one in, who initiated marriage. He is the one who, who initiated marriage, not man. God himself. So when you take, when you do those vows, you take it seriously. It's a life and death situation, quite honestly. Life and death. Take it serious. God has given us instructions on everything, really. A lot of people say, well, I, when it comes to babies, oh, there's no instruction manual. There is. It's in the Bible. Well, there's no instruction manual on marriage. There is. It's in the Bible. There's no instruction manual on how to be a man. There is. It's in the Bible. There's no instruction manual on how to be a woman. There is. It's in the Bible. It's about time you start picking it up, checking it out, and read it. But here's another little tidbit on that. I know I've got a little course on this, but here's a little tidbit on that. In order to properly understand the Bible itself, because even Hitler read the Bible, and you see where he ended up, right? Even he read the Bible, but it is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that gives you truth on what the Bible is saying. It gives you insight on what the Bible is saying. It gives you the proper perspective on what the Bible is saying. It gives you greater understanding on what the Bible is saying. Now, let me go ahead and finish reading this. Verse 29. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished, nourished, and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of, the, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Verse 33, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that her reverence, her husband. In other words, Women want love from their husbands. Husbands, show that love. Show that love towards your wives. Okay, show that love. <clears throat> and, and women, men want respect. We cherish respect. We love respect. And I always say, I always make an example when it comes to um, gangs, the reason that young men go into gangs is because they want respect. They, they don't want to be treated like dirt. Even if growing, growing into young males, don't want to be treated like dirt. And that's any man across the board. No matter the age, we want to be treated with respect because it is, it is indwelled in us. It is our makeup. So <clears throat> men are to be leaders of the home. There is none of this um, co-leadership as the world wants you to think. You know, even with myself, there's been there was a there's been a battle for all the years I've been married. All the years we've been married, because of outside influence, because of the world's ways, because of the world's influence, there was that battle. And it should not be that way. And I probably speak for a lot of other households in that regard, whereas, and, and I'm at fault, whereas there were times when I did not lead because I was just like, the men I spoke about in the sense of not wanting to take that role because I didn't want to hear the, the chatter. But as time is going on, I'm more adamant about that. 
in a sense of this is what God wants from men, from me. Not and not to be the type of man whereas you know you be caveman like oh me man you woman you know that that type of thing no 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 but I am to do it in a loving fashion in a loving way that we should not combat each other but come together in unison. Just like you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who's the leader? The Father. Then you have the Son, and then you have the Holy Spirit. Does not Jesus acquiesce to his Father? Yes. Even though all three are of the Godhead, the Father is still the leader. So stop being lulled into today's way of thinking, whereas there is no leader of a particular home or, or the woman takes the lead. Or even in some households, you got the children, the children leading. Really? Really? And that is, <laughs> that would, that is a tragic shame. But I, there are some households where the children are calling the shots. That's not to be. That's not to be. It's not to be and it's not to be for the wife to take control of the household. She is to be the helper with, uh, with the man in charge. Now, for some of you wives, to be quite honest, you, you probably <laughs> uh, you, you probably pick someone who is nowhere of being a leader. That's why I say, just don't jump into a situation where just because you think you need a, 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 a warm body next to you, this is serious stuff. And, and, and men included, just don't pick somebody because you, you want them to take care of you. That, that's wrong. You don't pick a female that, that you want to take care of you. You do the taking care of. And females, yes, we make mistakes as being men. But at the same time, do not browbeat us because of our mistakes. Now, if, if I'm, I'm talking about those men who are who making an effort to try, okay? We're putting that effort in there. Don't browbeat them. Don't browbeat them. They're giving it their best and they go out to these, these jobs. These jobs are browbeating them. Don't, don't do that. Do that because being a man, and I'm talking about being a man who is looking to be responsible, trying to be responsible every single day, it is a heavy, heavy load. A heavy load, heavy load. And speaking on that, I'm in the process of writing a book on that. It's a heavy load to take on. Which is why statistically, and I'm talking about in proper perspective, when men who are earnestly taking care of their homes, men tend to die sooner than the wife. <clears throat> but um, now, again, I'm not talking about these mealy mild so-called men out here. I'm talking about real men, real men, responsible men, earnest men, men about the business of their families. That's what I'm talking about. Women, you know you got, you, some of you know you got these men, don't push them away. Don't push them away. They were built to lead. Let them lead. Stop listening to the world and what the world says. Look at what God says. Now, if you're not about God, that's on you. That's on you. 
But, well, that's all I got to say on the subject. I hope that um, I gave some nuggets to some people. I hope that, because really, I always say what I say to you, I'm saying back to myself. If you didn't get anything, even though I'm the one doing the teaching on this, I'm getting something from this. I'm getting something from this. Like I said, we got to take this one, we got to take this one day at a time. Um, we got to, we got to love one another. And yes, we're going to say some things that may be stupid. We're going to do some things that may be stupid, but be quick to forgive and be also quick to receive forgiveness. Because the longer you let this go on, whatever it may be, the longer you will go through a state of confusion and a state of turmoil. Do what God says. Run and grow from one another. That's all I got for now. I'm Marvin Fan. Enough said. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.